welcome to Relevant, the podcast that aims to make Jesus Christ a more real and relevant part of your everyday. Um, today, we are so honored to have a very special guest with us. We're so honored. <laughs> <laughs> this is Brother Jensen, or also known as Brayden Jensen. Yeah, we... <laughs> He's our former seminary teacher, so we freaking love Brother Jensen, and we're so excited to have him on the podcast today. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know who's more excited, <laughs> you guys or me, because this is, this is pretty awesome, too. I've been a, like, I love listening to what you guys do, and, and uh, I'm happy to just jump in and throw some thoughts out that hopefully are helpful. Yeah, so welcome to Brother Jensen's seminary class today. We're giving, <laughs> yeah. we're giving you the honor to join. Behind the scenes, uh, behind the scenes look right here. Yeah, yeah, right here. And okay, so the topic today is Christ as the Transformer. And you actually brought this topic up. And we kind of want to hear the behind the scenes of why you wanted to, to do this name of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I just felt like, especially last year during the Old Testament, um, as, as the whole church is studying the Old Testament and we were studying it in seminary and I just started seeing more and more instances of Jesus Christ taking something terrible and making something amazing out of it. Yeah, like always yeah. being able to transform it. You have the story of like Joseph in Egypt, right? Where he's in prison. He's like, like that's, it's as bad as it can terrible. get. Yeah. And then he's able to not only leave that situation but then save his family and yeah. like, like it, it like the, it's just redeemed the mm-hmm. whole the whole story the whole situation um the the children of israel leaving egypt and you're stuck between drowning and an army yeah. and like there's no way out unless you have a transformer who's able to completely transform the situation and take it from one thing to another and now instead of dire you know like certain death facing you you have maybe witnessed the greatest miracle ever and you know exactly what god can do and you've seen him part the literal red sea yeah and save your life like that's that's transformation and i just think that um there's so many instances of it in scripture and i just wanted to talk about what that looks like now because if it's happening in scripture Jesus still does it. A hundred percent. And I feel like as a seminary teacher, you're really on the front lines of Christ's transforming efforts. And you get to see, especially if you have some students for multiple semesters, you get to see them really change. And so I'd love to hear like how you've seen students change. And then also, I know like adolescent, that period is like a time where things are just, there's just so much change going on. So like, how can you pinpoint that change and say definitively, this is because of Jesus? That's a good question. Um, I had a student just a few weeks ago who reached out and said, I don't even know if you remember me. And first of all, I was like, okay, like, of course I I remember you. (laughs) And he's like, I just want to add you to my missionary email list because I want to share with you what's happening in my life. And I was just like, this is like, that's, that's it. Like, that's yeah. what seminary teaching is. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yes. Like, <laughs> he, uh, I know that, that, like, he didn't even finish seminary. Mm-hmm. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, like, the classroom experience just wasn't working. Jumped online for a while to try that. And, and you know, like, and, and so it was so cool to just oh reach gosh. out and say, 
I'm doing this and and I'm in and I want you to see it. And I'm like, yes, please. Like, give me, give me all of that. Like that's, that's what (laughs) feeds your soul as a seminary teacher. And so often we don't get to see the transformation. Um, cause we get, you know, we get students for an hour and a half, like twice a week. And then like the other 99% of their life, it happens outside of our classroom. And so it's really cool when you get to see the payoff. Um, and, and kind of the, the well, the transformation that, yeah. that just takes place and know that something had to happen there that was more than just them, them or more than just me mm-hmm. or more like Jesus yeah. is there and he's involved and he's, he's making differences for sure. So yeah. cool. And then you asked another question. Yeah, just like with all of that change going on, like how do you not attribute it to anything else? You know, like how can you say, oh, this person, 180 difference, Jesus. I just think that that like he's in change like yeah. and so I, I think sometimes we have a lot of conversations around am I feeling the spirit or is it me or is you know am I feeling a prompting or is this just coming from me and like why do we we spend so much time trying to differentiate what is Jesus or what is God or what is the spirit and what's not but like if we're just literally inviting Jesus Christ into every aspect of our life, then why do we have to worry about whether it's him or whether it's not? Like he's there, he's involved. Even if we don't believe he's involved or we don't acknowledge that he's involved, like he's involved in our lives. And so when we, you know, like, is this prompting from Jesus or from me? Yes. Like, (laughs) yes. He like, and he's working on transforming us. He's working on using us to transform other people. Yeah. Like, He's involved, and and so I give him credit all of the time. Um, and you actually, before this, before we hit play on the recording, you were talking about this scripture about one of the craziest transformations from dead to alive, and please jump right in. I yeah. love it. This is just a, a cool story that maybe gets skipped over a little bit in the old, there's so much good stuff in the Old Testament that this might be one that maybe you've never heard it before, or maybe you've heard it and you didn't know where it was. Um, God takes, again, God being Jesus Christ, takes Ezekiel to this valley where there's been a great battle. And um, there's he, he describes this valley as uh, the Lord set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. So something's happened there. Lots of death has happened there. Like there's no life left. It's a valley of bones. And, uh, and he says, God said unto me, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh Lord God, thou knowest. Um, so he's like, I don't, I don't know, but you know. And so like, I don't know what you're about to show me here, but this is going to get wild. Right. And, Uh And so God tells him prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, Oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And so skip down a couple verses. And he says, I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld the sinews and the flesh came upon them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, uh, saying, um, come from the four winds and breathe life into these slain that they may live. And I prophesied and the breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. So just like, yeah, wild, right? Like seeing this valley of dry bones become an army of people that, I mean, have been breathed into with 
the spirit, right? Because that's that's the same. That's kind of the same thing that happened with Adam and Eve. Like yeah, God yeah, breathed yeah, yeah. His spirit into them, and that's how life happens. And so mm-hmm. this same thing is happening with this army of fallen soldiers that are just bones at this point like there is no hope it's not like oh with a little bit of medical care we can maybe resuscitate some of these people <laughs> yeah. like no this is over like it's over it's Death, been over yeah. for years yes like this is done <laughs> but it's not yeah it's mm-hmm. not because jesus christ is a transformer and he can take the most dead of things or the most dirty of water or the most pathetic you know, of, of anything yeah. and he can transform it. That's, that's his job. He is a transformer yeah. and I love it. I love seeing it. That's oh, so, so cool. Good. I was, so I was telling these guys before we started recording that when I was thinking about a transformer or Jesus as a transformer, I was looking at talks and I found this one from Elder Bednar where he talks about cucumbers being transformed into pickles. The most moving, <laughs> heartfelt transformation you can think of. Yeah. I know, I know. Cucumbers it's like, to pickles. It's like one of your metaphors. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, but it actually kind of reminded me of a story that my institute teacher told me where he like when he was a teenager or something, his grandma had him go grab a jar of pickles from his basement and, or from her basement. And when he pulled it out, it was like, like these like brown sticks, basically. He showed us in class. It was terrible. It was so gross. It looked like dirt and sticks. (laughs) And he was like, he's told us that this jar of pickles used to be cucumbers, but it wasn't sealed. Right. (gasps) And so it just like, turned into dust basically <laughs> and he compared that sealing power to Jesus Christ and us being sealed to him or being in a covenant relationship with him yeah and I just think it's crazy that without Jesus the best transformation we can hope for is sticks and dirt like <laughs> <laughs> mediocre right? yeah like, like mediocre at yeah. best and so um, it's cool to see these examples of him transforming these things so radically um, because that's what he can do for us, like for real. And without him, like, w- yeah. what are we hoping for? Nothing. So There's true. nothing to hope in. <laughs> it's so true. And like, I feel like if our proximity to Jesus is what catalyzes that transformation, Oh my gosh, brother Jensen, you are you're you're teaching about him day in day out as a seminary teacher. <laughs> sure. So like I'd love to hear how you have been transformed. Oh man, um, I feel like that's that's such a good question. I I appreciate you asking it. Just because I feel so different now than when I started teaching seminary. I feel like when I started teaching seminary, I was good at doing the things, um, and. I, I would say that my relationship with Jesus Christ was that I would, that I, that I like, if I did something wrong or I was feeling down or something like that, I would think I just need to do more of the things yeah. to make up for the mistake that I made. And if I do enough, like if I get to the end of my life and like I'm 80% good things and 20% you know, maybe mistakes or weaknesses or whatever that hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, Jesus Christ will 
be cool with that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, did you say, say good enough? Like, say good enough ratio? Like, are we like? And and so when I would make those mistakes, I just have so much pressure on myself to like, okay, I gotta do this, or I'd I'd be in a situation. Maybe this one will feel relatable because I feel like it's very relatable. I'd be like, I'm not really. I'm not really enjoying my scripture study right now. And I feel guilty about that. Like I'm yeah. a seminary teacher. I should feel, I should feel better about this or I should be more mm. enthusiastic about yeah. it. But guess what? Your seminary teachers get in ruts with their scripture study and it's yeah. hard for them too. just like, I feel like that's a very Every, normal experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like I have, you know, over the last seven years of teaching, I've just been able to maybe like loosen my grip on like, I have to make up for all my mistakes. And just, I've I've been able to, as I've continued to study who he is and how he transforms, like rather than me trying to transform myself with my actions, I'm gonna just go to Jesus Christ and let him do it, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like let him do his job rather than trying to do his job for him through good actions. Yeah. Jesus Christ is a savior, And I wasn't letting him save me. Mm -hmm. I was just, I was just trying to do it myself. And I feel like as I've come to better understand that it's transformed my relationship in that I don't feel like I have to be everything. I don't feel like I have to reach 80% good versus 20% mistakes or weaknesses or whatever. I just have to rely on him. And yeah. go to him and be honest and be vulnerable and be okay with the things that are wrong with me. Yeah. That That's is so beautiful. Literally so good. Can I see your phone? Yes, please. I need to look up the scripture. Okay, yes. so there's a scripture that I found while I was studying this. It's in Romans 12. And it says, so it's Paul teaching. And he says, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so I just, I loved that this explains how you can be transformed by Jesus. And it's by exactly what you're saying, like presenting yourself as a living sacrifice. It's saying, okay, Jesus, I'm just going to let you do with my life whatever you want. And um, it's letting him take out our stony heart, right? And I just think that's so cool. But like we can choose today to sacrifice ourselves to God and to be transformed now we don't have to wait until we are resurrected or something you know like we can do that right now yeah no it's so true and I think it's so Jensen it's so fitting that you're the one that we're doing transformer with because I remember that first year where you were a teacher at Skyline High School I was one of your students that semester and I remember you mentioned someone in the class asked and they were kind of desperate they were like okay but I know Jesus is changing me. I know how he does it. I know that he does it. I just want to be able to see it. Like, how do I feel him changing me? How does it become real? You know, how do I know? And one of the things that you mentioned, you pulled out a scripture and you mentioned how anytime you feel the spirit is 
evidence of the Savior working and his atonement becoming real to you and literally changing your body and your soul and your whole makeup. And after that feeling goes away, like you are different than when you had that feeling before. And obviously Christ is working in every second. He's not just contained to those moments, but I think that's just like a little, when he adds his little signature to the painting, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, I was here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little graffiti. Well, and Jesus. I think that's that's just the miracle of like taking the sacrament, right? Like the sacrament itself, like doesn't do, it, it does, like you don't take the sacrament and then the sacrament is not like washing away sin or changing you. Yeah. It's a symbol. Right. And it's a symbol that I'm taking going, okay, I recognize the body and blood that was given for me. And I am now going to, we commit to things, right? It's right there in the sacrament prayers. I'm going to, I'm going to take the name upon me of Jesus Christ. I'm going to obey his commandments. I'm going to always remember him. And as I do that, give me the Holy Ghost so that the Holy Ghost can be working on me and changing me. And the Holy Ghost is what is cleansing us of sin. That's why we call it baptism of fire, right? And fire purifies and fire changes and transforms. So the Holy Ghost is a huge way that Jesus Christ transforms us. That quote is actually from Henry B. Eyring. Um, and I love it so much because, yeah, that's the question. We all want to know, how am I forgiven? How am I, like, how do I know? And it's like, man, if you are just, if, if you're feeling the Holy Ghost, eh, then it's evidence. And he, uh, Henry B. Irene actually reiterated that exact quote at General Conference just last month. Um, so in his October 2023 talk, Our Constant Companion, it's the exact same paragraph. He said it before, he's saying it again. If you have felt the influence in the, of the Holy Ghost today, you may take it as a sweet evidence that the atonement is working in your life. Mm-hmm. And I love it so much. Like, And to tell you the truth, the, the thing that I'll share a really, a really personal experience with you. As a missionary, um, I had things weighing on my heart, things that, um, that I knew and felt like I probably should have taken care of before I was a missionary. I should have talked to a bishop. Um, I, there was things that I did talk to a bishop about and things that I chose to withhold from a bishop before I left on my mission. And so halfway through my mission, when my mission president was like, Hey, we're going to make you a zone leader. It finally just got heavy enough where I'm like, listen, like you're not who, I'm not who you think I am and like, I can't do this anymore. So I'm going to throw this out here to my mission president and we'll see how he reacts. And like, I'm nervous. Mm -hmm. Like again, like it wasn't like a terrible thing, but it was just something that was on my heart and that I felt like was getting in the way. And I remember him sitting across the table from me and I'm like, listen, I like, I feel like I've done so much good and I feel like I have repented, but I never talked to a bishop. And he just looked across the table at me and he said, Elder Jensen, um, when you study the scriptures, do you feel the spirit? And I was like, yeah, I feel like I, I think so. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I try to. Uh, and he said, when, you know, when you, when you pray, do you feel the spirit? Yeah, I, I think I do. I'm, I'm like questioning and second guessing myself, you know, I having one of those, is it the spirit or is it me? Yeah. You know, like I'm questioning everything as he's asking me this. Yeah. And, uh, then he, he said, and as you teach and as you do missionary work, you're sharing the gospel with other people. Do you feel the spirit then? And that's where I was like, oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> there's no doubt on that one. Like when I'm teaching people, I feel the spirit. I feel the spirit testify. And he was like, guess what? 
you're good. Like that means the transformation has happened and is happening still Mm -hmm. because you are feeling the spirit in your life. You've stopped doing what you were doing. You've asked for forgiveness. Let it go. Let Jesus take it now. And it was just so awesome. Like I, that's when like, just one of those moments where you're like, okay, transformation has happened. And like, yeah. he just helped me see it. And yeah. that's why I feel like going and talking to a bishop, going and talking to a stake president or whatever, like their job isn't to like hand you a punishment and have you, you know, complete that sentence or serve that sentence so that you can be forgiven. It's, I want to help make sure that you've experienced the transformational power of Jesus Christ and his atonement. And it's awesome. It's, it's so amazing. And so I think that question is still what, like a lot of people are going to listen to this episode and they're going to think, but how do I do it? Okay. Yeah. The transformational power of Jesus Christ sounds great, but how do I do it? Yeah. And that's a good question. That's a really <laughs> good question. Um, I'll just share one more scripture yeah. and then you guys can like no. add any more questions or any more thoughts Please. or any, any more stuff. Um, and it's just one that's been on my heart a lot this week, um, with where we're at in Hebrews. Um, Hebrews is such a cool book of scripture. Okay. And like, how, how do I get this in my life? If I'm not feeling it, um, if I'm not experiencing it, maybe Jesus feels distant. Maybe I feel alone. Maybe I'm navigating this like, and it's just not working. Um, in Hebrews four sixteen. Paul gives the Hebrews an invitation where he just says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And I just love that phrase, come boldly unto the throne of grace. Like change it up. If you're not experiencing Jesus Christ, how do you need to come boldly? I think of a couple New Testament stories where people came boldly to Jesus Christ and two of them that I've been talking about a lot in seminary this week are um, the people who tore the roof off to get to Jesus mm-hmm. and literally lower their friend down. Like that's coming boldly that to Jesus sick. Christ, yeah. right? Like people, like, I can't imagine like being in there. I'm just, okay, I'm listening to Jesus. All of a sudden the roof is getting literally <laughs> torn off this house. Yeah. Uh, and like, what is going on? Like, you know, some people might look at that and go like, hey man, like this is maybe a little inappropriate, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's not how you do things. Like, but like, who cares? Like come boldly to Jesus Christ. And the other one that comes to mind is um, the woman with an issue of blood mm. and how she's, it's been bugging her forever. She's tried everything. Um, she's kind of outcast from society. And Jesus is in this huge crowd of people where she's not welcome because she's been labeled unclean, right? According to the, the Jewish tradition and stuff like that. And she's like, I don't care. I'm going. And all I got to do is touch his clothes and I know it'll be enough. And Mm -hmm. like, so what does that look like for you as you're, you know, as you're hearing this, as you're listening to this, um, as you're wrestling with that relationship that you may or may not feel like is very strong with Jesus Christ, like, how do you need to change it up and come boldly? Like, what does it look like for you to tear the roof off? Um, Does that mean like, okay, I'm not feeling forgiveness go and talk to that bishop or I, you know, whatever, right? Like be bold, change it up and and make it crazy and Mm -hmm. see how he can take it and change things. In both of those cases, he looked at those people and said, your faith 
has made you whole. Like, Such. It's, it's awesome. Well, thank you so much for all your wisdom. And I feel invigorated. Oh, I feel the sure. spirit has been here so much. The last question that we always like to ask our guests is how do you make Christ relevant in your everyday? Oh, man. Um, we haven't really gotten to this part of my journey yet, but I've told you guys before we started recording, like, I'm actually stepping more into, uh, you know, I'm still teaching seminary and I still love teaching seminary, but I wanted to be able to help people even a little bit more. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm starting counseling people and I've just recently, you know, started seeing clients and, and honestly, I wanted to be able to help people in a real and relevant way to them in their lives. And so part of me, like I, I, man, I feel like I do things to keep Jesus Christ relevant in my life, but then I also help other people find that relevance and, and find how to do that in their life. And some of the things that just, um, keep Jesus Christ relevant is, is like just always, always turning to him, always like taking everything to him and not going, Hey, is it like, I want him involved in every part of my life, not just on Sundays or not just in a seminary building. Um, I want him involved when, uh, when I'm driving my 12 year old to basketball practice and we're having a conversation about all the things she's experiencing in junior high. Cause that's wild and scary yeah. uh, as a parent and probably as a kid too, right? Like we're both sitting there terrified, like, man, all this stuff, like I do, I want Jesus in that conversation and I'm not going to be shy about it. Um, I want him to be involved in the work that I'm doing as, as a, a coach and counselor. Um, we're not shy about Jesus Christ in the healing process. Uh, we, as a, as a family, I'll tell you that my, our come follow me study is pretty <laughs> mediocre. All right. Like just full disclosure again, any of you guys who have seminary teachers and you think that their life is just perfect and they're just like a gospel machine. <laughs> Um, I hate to burst that bubble, but like our, our come follow me is like pretty mediocre in my house. But one thing that we do is, uh, if we don't have time to jump into the scriptures, we, uh, we just have a little TV in our front room and before bed, we'll listen to a worship song together. Um, Mm. and like not, and I'm not, I'm not talking necessarily like from the hymn book or from the children's (laughs) song book. I'm talking about like, there's so much good Christian music out there that I love. Um, and maybe I'll give you a couple to throw in the show notes yeah. that go along with the, oh, please, the, please. the stories that we've, we've, uh, talked about. There's, there's a couple out there that I think are just beautiful. And we, you know, we'll, we're, we're not, I mean, we're, we're not afraid to just like put our hands up and say like, praise Jesus. And like, this is great. And like, yeah. it's fun to see like my five-year-old boy, just like, <laughs> You know, like, like we just invite Jesus into our everyday, even if it doesn't look perfect or like it might be messy sometimes. And man, like it's fine. He wants to be there. We don't have to be perfect to go to him and be transformed. We just have to let him in so that he can do it. Um, And so I think just, just seeking to make him a part of every minute of every day whether you know you're in college or going you know get married or Mm -hmm. whatever like involve him in it and he wants to be there he wants Mm -hmm. to be there that's so awesome oh we're so glad to have had you on and we will put 
um, your information kind of in the show notes as well. If any listeners out there want to, you know, try therapy a little bit and something that's integrated with Christ, I know you're taking new clients too, so we're happy to point them your way. Absolutely. And, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love, love, love to help. Of course. And your Instagram, because your Instagram is phenomenal. You always integrate like mental health and spirituality in such a good way. So we'll put all that in there. Sure. And I'm sure if you're listening, you're probably shocked we haven't mentioned Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. So I will name them right now in the Transform episode. <laughs> and you know, one last thought that I had was, I think it's so funny that they keep making those movies, even though they're total trash, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're a joke. But it's because the concept is so compelling, we just can't get away from it. You know what I mean? There you go. There's something there. There's there's something something there. there. And (laughs) we just, as humans, have this obsession with something mundane being, you know, transformed into something incredible and alive. And everyone listening out there, the Savior... Let him be your new Optimus Prime. Okay, leave Shia LaBeouf in the dust. (laughs) (laughs) We're excited. Awesome. Okay, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. So good.